Vision Christian Radio bumper stickers are a practical way to show the world how much you love vision. New stickers are available now. Choose the I Love Vision sticker or your local frequency and proudly display your affiliation with Australia's national Christian radio network. It's more than just a sticker, it's a statement and might help someone you'll never meet discover vision and start looking to God daily. Whether you're parked or cruising through town, vision bumper stickers will turn heads and spark conversations. Stick it, show it, and let everyone know you're tuned to vision. Available now at vision.org.au slash stickers. Order your vision bumper sticker today. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And it's been just over 100 days since Michelle Pierce took over the reins as the CEO of the Australian Christian Lobby. And every Monday we connect with one of the team from the ACL for an update on what they're doing around the country. And we're doing it a little bit differently today. Uh, we're just sort of going to spend a bit more time uh, to have a chat with Michelle. And also to talk about um, some of the big issues, of course, that the ACL is focused on, such as the misinformation bill, uh, the voices, a whole bunch going on at the moment. But uh, first of all, we're just going to uh, ask Michelle a bit more about her uh, own story and how that transition's going into the new role with the ACL. So a big good morning to you, Michelle Pierce from the ACL. Good morning to you and all the listeners. It's really great to be here. And I just really appreciate Vision Radio really giving this opportunity to ACL. And I know that you're uh, very passionate about the issues as we are. So so really grateful for, for your advocacy. Yeah, we appreciate uh, that and appreciate your time because obviously I can only imagine you must be incredibly busy. Uh, so thanks for, uh, for giving up your time today. But uh, as mentioned, just to sort of, I guess, pull the, the veil back a bit, I'm, I'm sure there are many people that are still getting to know uh, you and, and figuring out who Michelle Pierce is. Um, so just you know, in, a, in a brief snapshot, tell us a bit about who you are, your, your family, uh, your work background. Uh, who is Michelle Pierce? Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, Michelle Pierce is a, a committed Christian. Um, I, I, I actually came to know the Lord when I was a child. I believe when I was nine years old, I, I had a real encounter with God where I felt his Holy Spirit. And I knew from without, without a doubt from that point that I was his child. And that really has been the the pathway that I've chosen and every decision has been based on Jesus as Lord. But I am married, been married for 21 years to John and we have three children aged 14, 11 and 8. They're wonderful kids and I love being a mum and they're my absolute priority. Uh, work background is when I uh, graduated university with a degree in public policy, I straight away started with the Australian Christian Lobby as the WA State Director and absolutely loved that and the opportunities it provided to influence. And um, however, with having children and life going in that direction, I, I backed away for a bit to focus on being mum. Uh, when my kids were a little bit older, I had the opportunity to work for a member of parliament, uh, for, for a, a Liberal member, Nick Goran in Western Australia, who's a committed Christian. And so my experience really is from working outside the parliament in terms of lobbying, but also inside uh, with Nick Goran, who's an incredible uh, strategist when it comes to influencing public policy from within the parliament. And I learned a great deal under him. 
and also with a mix of of church ministry in amongst all of that as well. Been involved in a in a Bible college, uh, in youth pastoring, in running various departments within a church, and for the last five years actually been pastoring a church in London. So it's very varied experience, but I think it's a it's a setup in the sense of God's prepared me with political experience, with ministry experience, from understanding the perspective of a pastor, as well as uh, those working in politics. I think it's really necessary in this role to have an appreciation of of politics and of pastoring at the same mm. time since mm. we're working into both. Yeah, so important. And I guess also, I guess, the understanding of family too, because obviously, you know, having a young family, I mean, with kids of that age, I mean, that's a very busy time for uh, for you as a family as well. So I guess all that, you know, and you can often see that, can't you? You look back over, you know, different uh, aspects of your life and you can see God's fingerprints in it all, sort of saying, yeah, this is all going to, you know, come together uh, to a, a new season, uh, which it is for you. But, but yeah. what, what's it been like? I mean, just, I guess, even that getting the, the, the balance for, for family, I mean, that must be a real challenge. You know, obviously you, you must be doing school drop-offs and all sort of stuff. Like, how does that all work for you as a mum who you know, has a very busy role with the ACL? Yeah, my husband and I very much work as a, a team and we just make sure we're always, you know, prioritizing the kids. So so John very graciously is doing the, the pick up the pickups and the drop offs at the moment. But I do try and do it you know, at least once or twice a week to make sure I'm there too. But I you know, with any position in ministry, it really is a, a team effort with husband and wife and mm. that's the way we've been operating since pastoring the church. Uh, there's times where I had to be out, times when he had to be out, and we we manage the family at the same time. But I think as long as you've got your priorities right uh, in terms of your family and you're being a good steward, and you and you know I understand that I'm accountable to God for the way that we steward my family, but and and the way that we steward work as well. So we uh, I just make sure that we're doing that in a right God honoring way. And uh, my kids are are really happy in Canberra because we've just moved here, going to a really great Christian school. So so they're very happy with the move. Mm, that's great. <laughs> And that's a pretty big move. I and mean, obviously, yeah, moving your family back from the other side of the world. So, I mean, even that in itself would have been a huge decision for you and your husband to decide, you know, whether to even take this role on in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it just had to be a God move. We had to make sure that it was his purposes and not some, not a desire of our own hearts, but really his desire for us. And it was, a, it was a sacrifice in terms of we were running a church in London. We absolutely loved it. We loved our team. They were like family to us. And we, we, we had a real vision for what God was going to do through the church in London. Uh, but when this opportunity came up after prayer and seeking counsel, uh, we just really knew it was the right thing to do. And we handed the church on to somebody else who's just going to continue to take it from strength to strength. But we've always lived with the with with the positions that we hold with open hands to say, well, God, you move us on in your time and we're surrendered to you. And I think with a life like that, God does do that. He positions you, but then he he um, he moves you on in his time. And that's what we felt was the right thing to do with moving from London back to Australia. Mm. You mentioned you went to uni and studied sort of, was it public policy? That, or what was the actual just the course that you did at uni? Yeah, it's a Bachelor of Arts in Public Policy and mm -hmm. Management. And I actually started studying sociology because I wanted to understand society and how we can influence it, how we can change it. Um, but I wanted to do something tangible and more practical. So that's when I did public policy and started to consider the way that we could have 
um, effect on the laws of our nation. And I, I started to think that if we could affect the laws of our nation, we could affect the direction of it. And this was really moved from me. Um, started a, uh, I think the passion started in high school when I, I went to quite a rough high school, actually, and I saw my friends make decisions that I knew were going to be harmful for them. I saw a real rejection of the Christian way to live, and I just thought, we've got to do something uh, to change the nation. So it just started from this stirring within me of, of this, there's got to be something that we can do as Christians to influence our nation. And I thought in my heart that perhaps I could do that in politics and in the area of influence influencing the law, which is why I chose a public policy degree mm. and didn't know then of all the things it would lead me into, but grateful to God for the opportunities it's led me to. That's so cool. Uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think of your parents in this. I mean, obviously, you've grown up in a Christian home, you said, but they've obviously sort of instilled something in you, uh, yeah, even as a teenager, that, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's quite a unique um, you know, direction that you've taken in that respect. So, you know, what were what were their um, involvement in that, and, and you know, were they even involved in some ways in you know in their work life in that? Like, how did that sort of, uh, I guess, the genesis of it begin in your in your heart? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And my my dad was a pastor. Well, Mum and dad were pastors, so I grew up as a pastor's kid. And uh, my dad um, always instilled within me a. Um, a passion for those that don't know the Lord. And so the absolute priority of being a witness for Christ and leading people into relationship with Jesus. And so every day, instead of asking me if I'd done my homework, it was how many people did you tell about Jesus? <laughs> wow. And um, and every weekend, Michelle, who did you invite to church? Who, who did you invite to youth group? And so that, that was always a, a priority to me. And dad would always encourage me to um, to pray with him. And so we would have prayer meetings at home. Um, and I was just really honest with him about uh, my walk with the Lord and the, the tensions I was feeling. And, and he really discipled me and mentored me through my younger years, which I often found quite difficult with a, with a world that was against what I believed so passionately. And um, my dad was the one who actually printed out the job for the Australian Christian Lobby when I was 23 years old, and he encouraged me to apply. Yeah. So I, I owe a lot to him, and and he is still he's uh, seventy now, and just so passionate still about the gospel, the things of the Lord, and of being a Christian witness, and is a great encouragement to me to still to this day. That's mm. wonderful. That's so good to hear. So let's talk a bit about your transition into the ACL. I mean, as you mentioned, you've been there about three and a half months now as the uh, CEO, because obviously you, you mentioned you did work there previously in, in like a state based role, um, but now back into uh, this role, um, leading the, the whole uh, organisation, and obviously, I guess a transition from you know Martin Knowles literally filling some very big shoes because he's got some big shoes uh, physically. But um, how has that gone? I mean, that must have been a, a really big transition. And I'm even thinking about the fact that you know coming back from London, you probably there was a lot of you know things that you didn't even know about. You know that was going on in Australia over the last few years. Yes, exactly. I had a lot to learn. And in the very first week uh, that I arrived in Canberra, the I started work straight away and all of the state directors from around the country flew into Canberra to brief me on what had gone on in their states for the past five years. Uh, firstly, it was great to meet the team. We have an incredible team at ACL, especially in, in the states, those who are state directors and, and were acting as state coordinators at the time. But but they briefed me on on all that had happened, and my heart broke with each uh, you know story of what it what had gone on. Uh, we've 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 gone downhill in a significant way in the last five years, really starting with the passing of same sex marriage bill. That was before I left. 
Um, but even with, with abortion being pushed out to, to late term in most states, euthanasia passing in most states, and, um, and we've just seen this real, uh, you know, degradation of Christian values. And um, they saved the, the worst to last, which was Victoria. And I remember when Jasmine, our state director in Victoria, told me all that had happened. Uh, you know, I was overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I had no words at the end of, of, of what she'd let me know because it really is tragic. And um, so, yeah, so the past uh, three months has been coming up to speed um, and the, with the attacks on religious freedom as well and all that's happened. And also doing these sorts of interviews and people wanting to know what, you know, what, what my stand is or what my view is on the issues, but quickly having to read and understand what mm. has actually happened before I could have a have something to say. Um, but I don't really feel like I've come to, to, to feel big shoes or any that, that hasn't daunted me, um, uh, you know, what Martin has done. I'm really appreciative of the grassroots space that Martin has built. Um, but I really believe that, that God's positioned me here because of the 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 way and the strategy that I really believe that the Australian Christian lobby needs to operate in to continue to um, be fruitful and have tangible impact on public policy around the nation. So there, it, it's been a challenge in how to how to redirect on some things, um, but also I can see the benefit of the previous managing directors from from Jim to Lyle to Martin and now me and how it sort of set us up to continue to influence in a significant way. Yeah, for sure. It's it was a I mean from from an outsider it seemed like a fairly sudden departure for Martin to to leave and then for you to to jump in. Has that sort of been a bit unsettling like for the supporter base from the ACL? How have you managed that side of things? Yeah, for sure. I mean there's 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 questions and um people were wondering and we uh, I know the board did their best to provide a a statement in terms of their response to that the sudden departure of Martin. Um, ultimately, um, Martin is a really fantastic uh, spokesperson and he articulates the issues really well and that was his passion. Um, however, we, we just needed as an organisation to be more politically engaged, to be in the parliament, building relationships with the politicians and having a strategy when it comes to how we're going to affect public policy because, after all, we are a Christian lobby group. Um, and so I think through my experience of having worked with ACL but also under Jim Wallace's leadership also, actually, but also having that experience in public policy, working for Nick Goyran and affecting the law, I think I bring that really sharp focus into to how can we strategically wind back the bad laws that have already passed in Australia and put in some protective measures, especially around Christian freedoms. And we've had a call from Sue in Tasmania. Good morning, Sue. How are you? Hello, Sue. Are you there? Yes. Oh, yes. Hello, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, what's your, uh, your question or your comment from Michelle? Well, I'd... First of all, I'd like to congratulate Michelle on what she is doing through her new role in the ACL. I met Michelle here in Hobart several weeks ago, and uh, I'm just so grateful that God's brought this team together. I also want to honour um, uh, Martin because he did a, a wonderful job, but I really believe that God is moving in the spirit and, and bringing us all together because listening to Warwick Marsh this morning reminded me of a prophetic word that was given in the Lighthouse Christian Centre in 1997 that Warwick was a part of and I was attending the church then uh, in Wollongong 
And Robert, can I just read this? Because I feel it's really relevant. I feel we're coming into a more spiritually inclined period of time in the end times. And I think this prophetic word is really significant. Do you mind if I read it? Uh, yep. Just if it's, a, if it's short, then you can. I don't want it to be yeah. too long. Yeah. It says, hold fast, hold fast to that which I have done in your life. Do not let go. Do not let anyone wrench it from your hand. Do not let anyone take hold of what is in your heart from me. And do not let anyone or anything spoil that thing that I have placed within you, that seed that I have put within you, because it will grow as you nourish it, as you nurture it. As you keep your eyes fixed on me, that is God, it will grow and become a living thing that will cause the growth and expansion of my spirit in this place. It will cause the release of many in this place and it will be a strong hand. It will be a strong arm in my hand. It will be something that will go forth. It will not have a life of its own. It will be of the spirit of God but it will be something within your spirit that I have deposited within your spirit. And people like Michelle rising up faithfully, um, is, I believe, is all part of this because it's not easy as a female in what has been predominantly a very pat patriarchal society to rise up against the opposition. And so I just thank Michelle and I'd like to know if she has any comments about this new wave of the spirit that's moving across Australia. Mm. Oh, Thanks, well, that's Robert. a great, great question. Sue, thank you for that. Uh, Michelle, how would you respond to that? Well, just firstly, thank you for reading that, Sue. It is a great encouragement. It was lovely to meet you in Tasmania. And it is, I, I believe that we're not going to have success unless this is uh, led by the Spirit of God. It's not uh, a fleshly thing we're doing. It has to be uh, the Spirit of God moving in and through us uh, to work according to his kingdom purposes. And I just really do sense that God is at work in this nation That and I really believe that there's hope and that things can turn around. And so, um, so you know, things like that, words like that are just really encouraging to stay the course and believe that God is in it and um and and he is the one we really are honoring through through all of this and his will be done so thank you for that yeah, thank you, Sue, for your call. And you can call through as well on 1-800-316-316 if you've got a question or a comment for Michelle Pierce, the Managing Director of the ACL. Now, let's just look at some of the um, issues that you guys are working on at the moment, Michelle. I mean, there's lots going on around the country, some state-based uh, matters. But one that's national is this misinformation and disinformation bill. You guys have been very outspoken. I mean, in fact, you're sort of calling to bin the bill, so you're wanting to scrap it entirely. Where are things at with that at the moment? Yeah, well, we've currently got a, a petition going saying bin the bill, and this really is a, a, a dangerous draft bill. And now I've met with the with Minister Michelle Rowland, the communications minister who's over this bill, and she assures me it's going to be amended. Uh, but still, it is very concerning that it will threaten the ability of Christians to be able to say what they want to say online. And uh, we know that the things that we're currently saying in terms of questioning the, the gender issues, uh, even putting things online about abortion, 
position that this could be construed as harmful, even though it's it's not. We we say these things out of compassion and not because we hate, but because we really care for society and we care for those that are impacted by it. And so the, the issue with this bill is that it's so broad. The definition of misinformation is, is it, uh, it, 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 the definition says it's anything that is reasonably likely to cause or contribute to serious harm. And it mentions things like health, which could be about abortion, but also the LGBTQ community, which could be about questioning same sex or gender matters online. But the, it puts the power in the hands of the digital platforms themselves to censor it. And if they don't, then they get threatened with serious fines. And so to avoid the risk of being fined, they're likely to over-censor. And so this really is a serious threat for our ability just to post these things out of the compassion of our hearts online to see these things continuously censored. And they already are to an extent. We're already seeing the inability to post online, Facebook, Meta, taking posts um, off. And so uh, this will just make the mat matters even worse. And it puts the power in the hands of ACMA, which is the Australian Communications Media Authority, who are the ones that will develop this code that the digital platforms will be responsible to enforce. That's why this is a really bad idea. Mm, absolutely. Well, it was, I guess, encouraging to hear you know, the, the government minister saying that they're going to uh, amend or review things there. But what sort of indications are you getting that that you know, may happen and, and are you sort of hoping to have a, a bit of a part to play in that to sort of actually give some you know, direction or some, some ideas as to how it could be amended if it does, you know, go, you know rather than being binned, obviously. <laughs> Yes, I mean, if it, if, it, if it does have to be a bill, we would obviously want it to be significantly amended. And we weren't, I asked Minister Michelle Rowland if we could have input into what these amendments could be, and she agreed. So our team will be working uh, with the Department of Communications to ensure that the amendments uh, uh, are those that will, you know, make it able for Christians to continue to post what they want to post online without it being restricted. Uh, she says that the bill's intent is to limit foreign interference and things that do threaten our democracy. Um, from our research and analysis, these sorts of security measures are already covered in other pieces of legislation. So that's why we're saying this bill isn't even necessary. But if they really do want to go ahead with it, uh, then we have to ensure that Christians are able to continue to post and that amendments are in place to protect Christians when it comes to posting about things that are controversial, things that um, our culture is moving away from, uh, so that we can continue to have a voice uh, through this very powerful means of social media. Mm, yeah, so true. And I guess it's just a matter of you know trying to ensure that you know, you know public debate can continue because the the way it you know would appear, it's just basically going to be shutting down any form of you know, debate or, or disagreement. Yeah, that's right. And our stance is that information should be combated by other information. Mm. And that's what a healthy debate is. If there's something that's that's um, potentially uh, misleading, uh, then somebody else put a post up and have a debate. And we know that Facebook is fantastic at allowing these debates. Um, people are always having opinions. But that's what freedom of expression is, our ability just to post these things. And me personally, I don't like to enter into Facebook debates. I'd much rather speak to a person. Um, however, that's, that's the reality of a free society that we're in it's actually healthy it's part of our healthy democracy to put our views online to have mm. them questioned to be able to come back that's what debate is all about yeah so true so we're a reminder that our phone lines are open if you've got a question or a comment for michelle today we'd love to hear from you on 1-800-316-316 
We've got news coming up in about a minute, but after the news, we'll take some calls from you on 1-800-316-316. Just quickly before the news, Michelle, this bill that's been proposed for Australia, has there been other examples around the world where other nations have taken something like this? And what have you seen from that? Uh, the, the UK has a similar bill uh, with a similar purpose of limiting the foreign interference and and especially limiting the ability to cite hate online or encourage hatred. Uh, it's actually a, a much better bill in the UK, and we're encouraging the uh, the the well, we're encouraging Minister Michelle Rowland to look at this bill and do something similar in Australia, and we think that will achieve what we want in Australia, what they, the department wants, without affecting the ability of Christians to post online. Mm, okay. Uh, from the West, g'day, Alex. Uh, what's your question for Michelle? Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, look, I guess there's two things. One is uh, I was going to say that um, truth is uh, relevant, Um to whoever the party is. So, for example, if I say an apple is the healthiest fruit, someone else might say a banana is the healthiest fruit. So I, I guess that's the one aspect. And look, I mean, you see many um, studies coming out from various people, all with obviously their own goals set behind it. So, yeah, I think that's just one of the things I was thinking, you know, it's just it, it is relevant to whoever believes it is true. Um, the second point is just about... Um, what if the government is wrong in their communication? Now, we've seen it um, clearly, like in America, for example, where we had the American President Biden say that um, if you get vaccinated, you won't catch the virus and you won't pass it on. But it's turned out to be different. So how do we deal with those type of um, situations? Yeah, so great uh, questions there, Alex. And Michelle, how would you respond? I guess your uh, you know, motto is truth made public. So, you know, understanding, you know, truth and uh, I guess some people say that you know there's lots of different truths but that isn't obviously the case how would you respond to Alex yeah well first of all um, the truth is the truth is Jesus Christ and he is the the way the truth and the life and we can't get to the father except through the son so this is the truth and the gospel truth that we profess and um, in in terms of the ethics and the morals they're really the the, the things that we advocate on our uh, beliefs that are founded in the word of God which we believe is the absolute authority and the absolute uh, uh, way that we're going to achieve the well-being of our society. Um, we're not at a place in society where we can mandate biblical law. And um, however, the, the, the way that we advocate from this position of love and compassion for the unborn, uh, for children that are gender confused, is for the well-being of society. And we know God created male and female in his own image. So we believe that male is male and female is female. And this is ordained by God. And so we will advocate on that. We believe that it was God who, the, the psalmist says that God knitted us together in our mother's womb. So we believe every life is sacred from conception until natural death. And so we advocate on that, not because it's our opinion, but we believe that is absolute truth. Not we believe, it's truth. It is truth because it's in the word of God and God is the source of all moral truth and authority. Yeah, great response. Well, thank you, Alex, for your call and for your question today. Now, I've got uh, Rachel who's rung through from Queensland as well. Uh, Rachel, what was your question or your comment for Michelle? Yeah, um Thank you for taking my call. I was just interested to know Michelle's thoughts on um, whether it's more effective to influence um, public policy with 
Christian values inside government, government or external to government through organisations like ACL and um, other organisations like that. Yeah, great question. How would you respond to that, Michelle? Uh, this is a, is a really good question, and I, I think it's both. Uh, we can't neglect one or the other. Uh, it's really important to be influencing in the house and having the conversations. And one thing I really appreciated by the Australian Christian Lobby when I started as the WA director was we were we were the ones with relationships with the politicians in the house. And I remember Jim Wallace was a great uh, a great example of that. He he knew the members of Parliament federally, and we were encouraged to do that in the state. And so to influence from within is very important, and we're called to do that as salt and light. Um, to to plant the seeds of the kingdom wherever we are, but also there's this mandate to influence culture. And so we need to be out there um, speaking the truth in as many forums as possible to continue to get it out there, to try to sway public opinion on the matters that issue. So we advocate to politicians, but we also advocate to culture and try to influence where people stand on the issues. Um, Because, I mean, the, the Bible says that we're called to disciple the nations. So our mandate is to speak God's truth, uh, into politics, into culture, and wherever we can to teach them God's ways. Mm. So yeah, a bit of a, a both and response, I guess, which is uh, which is valid. Thank you, Rachel, for your uh, question today. You can call through as well one 316 We'd love to hear from you, uh, Michelle. Let's get back to some of the issues that you guys are working on at the moment, as far as uh, countering some very uh, concerning legislation that is around the country. Youth in Asia, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, has become uh, you know, basically across the board in all states have now adopted some form of euthanasia. But euthanasia by telehealth is the next thing, and it's very, very concerning. How are you guys responding to that? Yeah, it is very concerning. So the, the story is that, is that the state territory uh, uh, attorney generals are meeting this week, actually on the 22nd of September, with the federal attorney general to ask that the criminal code be changed to allow the carriage service, like a phone or um, or internet, to promote or provide instruction on suicide So we know this is within the context of the states wanting to introduce euthanasia by telehealth. So this is essentially uh, the uh, people being able to ring up their doctor or have an online appointment uh, for them to be able to receive the medication, uh, the euthanasia medication to uh, lead to their death. So what this does is it removes the the law um, that promotes, that allows the promotion of suicidal ideation um, online and uh, this is this is really dangerous because it'll allow, open the doors more to the the ability to promote suicide online and through the phone services and I remember years ago um, there was a a, a WhatsApp um, uh, communication that was going out encouraging young people to commit suicide and this was really heavily clamped down upon because people realised how dangerous it was. So they're they're allowing this um, so that states will have increased access to um, euthanasia. Mm, that's uh, very concerning indeed. So you mentioned that it's this Friday that the Attorney-Generals are all meeting together to talk about this. Is there something we can do this week um, do you guys have like an online petition or something that uh, some way that we can sort of get our voice heard? Because this is uh, something that I'm sure many Christians would want to uh, speak up against. Yeah, that's right. And and that's really good that people want to speak up on it and they should. Um, the, our strategy is to email or contact the Federal Attorney General 
because uh, he'll be the one with the decision-making power on this, to email him to ask him not to change the criminal code and for your basic reasons opposing euthanasia. Uh, so we've got an easy way to do this through our website and our Take Action page. People can simply uh, put in their, um, their address and postcode and then email Mark Dreyfus and it will be it will enter into his inbox and hopefully influence his decision that there are thousands of people across the country that are very concerned about this move. Mm, that's a very concerning indeed. So yeah, as mentioned, acl.org.au, you can go there and find uh, that uh, that form that you can fill out and uh, yes, yeah, certainly be uh, speaking up about that uh, with your concerns. Now, I've had another call come in, uh, Michelle, so we'll grab uh, John who's in Western Australia this morning. John, thank you for uh, your call. What's your question or your comment for Michelle? Oh, hang on. I'll just uh, try that again. We'll see if we can get John there. John, we've got you now. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What was your question? Yeah, well, I've got a, a question for Michelle. With modern technologies, um, some things can be used as tooling, like we have laser cutters and all different things these days, but things can also be transferred and used as weapons. And um, mm. I'm just wondering if there's any uh, ability to be able to um, check for things like drones that are using things that could be tools that are then turned around and being used as weapons, um, targeting people, affecting their health and life, and... Um, even deprimative to sleep and things like that. Um, there's also sound things that we know that the um, law enforcement are using these days, which can be a useful tool, but they can also be a weapon in the hands of the wrong people or in the wrong use. Mm. And, okay, well, um, that's an interesting comment there, John, or an interesting question. How would you respond to that, Michelle? Yeah, I mean, I hear hearing very interesting things about um, the use of foreign influences in cameras. Um, there, there, there are real uh, things that are happening. And um, I don't know if the listener has heard of Senator James Patterson and his concerns in this area. And I encourage him to, to look into his work because he's done a lot in exposing some of these uh, foreign interferences that are to the uh, detriment of our freedom in Australia. Um, ACL is not particularly looking into the details of this sort of thing. However, there are issues on the horizon, like the uh, development of AI technologies that we're looking into how this uh, could be used for the promotion of, of, you know, more injustice and more evil and what we need to be doing now to protect our nation from the influences of, of AI technology. Uh, so there, there are things on the horizon. The environment is always changing politically with the different issues and technologies that arise. So we just continue to keep educated and make sure we're doing what we can to respond. Mm, yeah, good good response. So thank you, John, for your call. You can call through as well on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316 with a question or a comment for Michelle Pierce, the Managing Director of the ACL. Now let's just look at a couple of uh, state-based issues, Michelle, uh, before we wrap up our time with you today. Um, there's some uh, abortion amendments that are happening at the moment in Western Australia, some uh, proposed changes to the legislation there. Yes, and it really is tragic that WA is proposing these laws that allow late-term abortions, just really opening up the um, the door for so many more abortions, and especially at the late stages as well. Uh, so I know the the team Peter Abetz, uh, Nick Goran, a number of the pro-life politicians have put towards 
put forward some amendments to try to limit the amount of babies aborted, but also to protect the mum from making a decision that she may regret as well. And these are uh, bans around gender selection abortions, um, uh, a a, a law to mandate counselling, especially for those um, having late-term abortions, and also safeguards around late-term abortions as well. So they all got voted down last week. Uh, which is very unfortunate, really tragic. Uh, But this week they're considering amendments to protect babies that survive abortions. So we know that this this really does happen. Um, Babies do survive abortions. Sometimes they live for minutes, sometimes for hours. There needs to be protections around these way the way that these babies are protected post birth. Uh, if they if these b- babies aren't viable, uh, there are ways to give these babies pain relief and good palliative care. But if the babies are viable, then every measure should be taken to ensure that they're provided life saving measures. And that's not happening across the states. Um, and w- we really do hope that the consciences of the upper house members in Western Australia be moved to at least support this amendment uh, as the last effort to uh, to change the legislation to make it more just for the babies um, in a small way that it can be. Mm, yes, it's a, yeah, such a tragic uh, scenario that you're describing there. And it's sad to see. I mean, obviously, we've seen this happen in different states where it seems like you know, one state introduces legislation and it's very quick that we see this sort of rolling out to other states as well. So uh, to try to you know, I guess reverse that trend is, is not easy, is it, to, uh, to see you know, a slowing down at the very least, but if not a, a reversal of uh, some of these legislations. That's right. And that's why when something passes in one state, we really have to be strategizing and thinking through the entire nation, how we can stop this effect, um, you know, this roll on effect to other states. And uh, one of the moves I've made since becoming the CEO was to appoint a head of public policy. Um, So you may know Christopher Bro here, who used to be a state director, and he's so brilliant. He's got a legal background. He really understands the complexities of the law and what needs to happen to change it. And uh, so he's looking at a strategy now across the the whole nation to ensure that we don't have these sorts of roll-in effects and where we have of how we can bring it back again and begin to repeal legislation, um, especially on those issues that we might have some momentum on, uh, such as the gender affirmation uh, laws that are currently operating and still being rolled out. I think the tide is turning around the world and other nations are, are, are drawing these things back. And I think we can too, but we just need to be strategic and understand how we can bring that change. Mm, yeah, strategy certainly is uh, very important. Another one where we've seen this sort of uh, role from you know one state to the next is uh, conversion practices uh, prohibition bill. This is a new one that's just been introduced in New South Wales, but of course we've already seen uh, Victoria and Queensland uh, and others sort of you know, either introducing or talking about uh, legislation around this. But this is uh, brand new, really, for New South Wales. Where is the ACL at in terms of uh, countering this uh, new bill? Yeah, I mean, the, the very name of the bill, conversion practices, just makes people think of something drastic that um, that people do in order to convert somebody away from, you know, questioning their gender or from a same-sex relationship like, I don't know, electric shock therapy or something drastic. But it, it, it's not, that doesn't happen in Australia. It's proven that doesn't happen. It might have happened many, many years ago. But what they're actually targeting here is is any questioning to a a, a to somebody who wants to change gender or is in a same-sex relationship, if you don't affirm it, uh, then you can be criminalised. So it's called non-affirmation 
uh, non-affirmation. And so if a parent or a counsellor or a teacher or a doctor doesn't affirm, and say if it's a child that wants to change their gender, then they can be criminalised for, for not affirming them. Mm. So this takes mm. away the rights of parents to instruct and teach and guide their children um, that may be confused about their gender or confused about their sexuality. And um, and also from pastors who want to share about the biblical view of, of marriage and gender, uh, that because they're not affirming uh, the, a different sort of lifestyle, then they could be criminalised as well. So it really is dangerous. Uh, so we're calling on our you know supporters around the nation to write to their MPs to ensure it doesn't go this this far. Yeah, you talked about you know, strategy a minute ago, and obviously we've seen this already introduced in other states. So, um, have, what have you learned from that, and you know, able to apply then to the the New South Wales scenario in terms of? I guess, you know, ensuring that uh, this legislation doesn't create you know, a situation where, for example, a pastor goes to prison um, just for teaching what uh, you know, Christians have believed for thousands of years. Yeah, well, I suppose that one of the strategic things we've done is before elections to ask the MPs directly if they would support this kind of legislation and, and outlining to them uh, how it would impede on religious freedoms should it be passed. And so generally when they're asked a question that explains how this imposes on religious freedoms, they, they don't want Christians to be limited in their ability to still say what they believe. And so they would say, well, no, we wouldn't support a, a legislation like that. And so we have got those commitments for, from some MPs that are currently uh, in the Liber- uh, sorry in power in, uh, in New South Wales. And now we have that actually on video. <laughs> And so we're reminding them through our supporters and through our campaigning that this is what they've committed to. And so it puts them in a difficult position that they can't really support this um, if they've committed to not supporting it before the election. And and I can't question that, that that would be their intent to support it anyway. It could very much be their intent not to support it. And so we just um, remind them of the commitment that they've made and, and doing that across the states to ensure that these key things don't aren't rolled out because we have these commitments from members of parliament. Mm, yes, it's uh, really incredible to see the way that uh, in many ways, you know, things have picked up pace in some of these areas where there's been a real, you know, surge forward um, politically and in legislation. So it is uh, it is very concerning to see uh, some of these lots of different issues that are going on. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned already your website. There are uh, lots of there's lots of good information there, and also tools that people can access to, you know, either email their MPs or get involved with uh, with different, um, you know, uh, petitions and what have you. Um, so acl.org.au is the place to go. Uh, also, um, Michelle, I've noticed that you've started doing a, a weekly sort of video update uh, that's been uh, put out on social media as well. So that's an- another way that you're able to, I guess, just get this message out. Uh, to the, the ACL supporters. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we're encouraging people to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that they can receive those notifications that there is an update. It's just a two to three minute little video, but it just keeps you in the loop of what's happening and just says the key things to do to take action that week if there is an action point. Uh, so uh, uh, the vision for that is just to really keep these issues front of mind for Christians so that they can be aware and they can pray. And when you're aware, you can begin to see the trends in our nation and where the Christians really need to influence and um, so I think it's really important just to make sure that people are, are listening to that little weekly wrap every week it might be quicker than reading through our e-news um, but go to our e-news which is our uh, weekly uh, email update and you need to become a supporter of ACL to do that 
to then click those buttons and take the actions that are necessary. But please also follow us on AC Lobby, our Instagram page and Facebook, um, Australian Christian Lobby on Facebook, as we're active updating our supporters on those channels as well. Yeah, lots going on, lots of uh, movement at the station, you might say. So I really appreciate your time, Michelle. It's been great uh, having an extended uh, opportunity to chat with you and hear about some of these really important issues that are going on around the country. So uh, thank you so much for for being a part of it. A reminder that acl.org.au is the website. And as you mentioned there, AC Lobby is the handle for uh, all your social media uh, to uh, to be informed of what's happening. There is you know, so much to be aware of, and I really do encourage our listeners to be uh, active, You know, to let your, your politicians know uh, where you stand on some of these issues, because I guess if we don't uh, say anything, then uh, you know, the alternative is you know, the, the vacuum sort of gets filled by, by other groups, doesn't it? That's exactly right. Yeah. And thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed our chat today. And thanks to the uh, supporters, for, sorry, sorry for your listeners, uh, for listening in as well. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.